Hello and welcome to the Evity Lab podcast. My name is Sam and I'm here with my good friend AJ. Hey there. Together we review movies, TV shows, and streaming content. We'll also be joined by special guest Kurt Rawson today. Howdy. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. What is it you want, Barry? You, you want the moon? I want the truth! I see dead people. You shall not pass! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. This is Sparta! I am your father. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us all unite! In today's episode, we'll be reviewing the movie Project Power, when a pill that gives its users unpredictable superpowers for five minutes hits the streets of New Orleans, a teenage dealer and a local cop must team up with an ex-soldier to take down the group responsible for its creation. Kurt's actually using a snowball mic because when we were in college, we tried starting a podcast. Yeah, we, had and we did three like episodes. four episodes. What yeah, was the podcast? Uh, three left feet. What was it about? Uh, feet. No. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> we talked about Clint Eastwood. No. Um, we call it Three Left Feet because each of us, like, we're talking about stories about, like, times we, like, did something super embarrassing. And, like, when they say, like, you have two left feet, you know, it's, like, mm. just, you're just awkward and embarrassing. So this is just so, kind of like a, like a shooting the shit podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, basically. Okay. Sure. Uh, that's why it didn't really go very far. Yeah, have, that's, that's, tough, that's tough to carry. <laughs> there was no format. Like, unless that's your job. Like, <laughs> exactly. like, that's tough. We were trying to basically be cool college-age Joe Rogans, and we weren't good yeah, at mm-hmm. it. That's okay. Yeah. It's, we so now have... we're doing this. Well, Project Power, what do we think of it, boys? Up, down. Are we starting, or are you going to do an intro? See, this is this is how I get to, to be authentic reactions. You never uh, know when I'm starting the podcast, so <laughs> we can just be talking and for an hour and you'll be like, all right, now I'm gonna start <laughs> On today's episode, we have special guest Kurt Rolson joining us, who he happens to be one of my very good friends from my college days at Oshkosh. Uh, Kurt, why don't you introduce yourself to the people and explain to them why you're a credible source for reviewing this movie? Power, power, speak a little louder. Hungry for that money, I'm coming to devour. Spit it so they get it, I'm embedded with the power. I'm embedded with the power. Oh my God. Is that credible enough? I feel like you were trying to make that cool, like more cool than what it sounded like. Oh, so I was just like the movie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Project Power getting owned already from the was, were you Were you reading the lyrics or how did you do that? Yeah, I uh, I couldn't find any lyrics online, so I uh, I watched the trailer with closed captioning on, so I could write it down. <laughs> yeah, that was that was brilliant. I uh, I hope you include some of that, Sam. <laughs> well, here here's what I'll do now. Now I'm gonna play it again, but I'm gonna play it with a beat and like make it mm. good and go. Power, power, speak a little louder. Hungry for that money, I'm a coming to devour. Spit it so they get it, I'm embedded with the power. I'm embedded with the power. So, uh, I take it you didn't like the movie that much, Kurt. The movie was mediocre. I will say, after I was done, I tried to keep myself very uh, virgin from all of the reviews. <laughs> I didn't want to hear anything. I wanted to make my own opinion. I came up with an opinion, and then I wanted to see what everyone else was thinking. And my favorite IMDb subject headline of one of the reviews said, Project Poop. 
And I thought that was just absolutely fantastic. <laughs> More like Project Poop. <laughs> More like Project Poop. What was the, your biggest gripe with it, would you say? Can I give it some, uh, some, some what I liked first, maybe? Sure. Yeah, let's start with the positives then. It was cool. Like the the style was cool. The colors, the camera movements, the editing, the music. Like it was a very well done movie in a technical aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, the color palette. If you like scroll through the movie on Netflix, just on your computer yeah. or something, you can see a really cool color palette, like teals and oranges and reds. So visually, I thought it was really pleasing to the eye. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. That's what I thought too. I think the the real strength of this movie is is how visually impressive it is with cinematography and editing. Uh, I mean, it's clear that this is a a well budgeted movie. This had the resources mm-hmm. to really mm-hmm. flush it out, um, even though those resources did not trickle all the way to everything else. What do you think the budget was on this movie, you guys? Shit. Uh... I'd guess upwards of over 50 million for sure. I would say maybe uh, 10,000 Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't know. What is that in actual dollars? That's, that's a lot. It's, <laughs> it's unmeasurable. Well, uh, according to Google, it's 85.1 million was the budget for this. See, that's, wow. that's a huge budget. And this is, this is a Netflix produced movie, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder how much of that money went to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> I would say 80 million went to Jamie Foxx. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and that's 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 the most striking thing is that they have Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx, but I felt like they were pretty squandered and their characters were chronically undeveloped tropes. Wow, <laughs> chronically undeveloped tropes. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, Kurt, I mean, th- there's a lot of cool stuff going down. And their physical actions, like the action, the the jumping and the shooting and stuff, it's all really cool. But there's just no punch after that with dialogue or or writing. Like yeah, I, I, I the the base blocks of storytelling. Yeah, right. The the storytelling is pretty fucking weak. And I it's funny, I Googled best quotes of the movie, and they're just super tropey cliche kind of stuff. Such as we have such classics as you ask a lot of questions. What you know about Clint Eastwood? You out here in these streets dealing, you ain't no damn kid. I don't know if the site is just really bad that I'm on giving me these quotes, <laughs> but I, I feel like it's not that off base. There's just not a lot of good. I can't think of a single line that I was like, damn, that's good. But I can remember a lot of really cheesy lines where I think Jamie Fi here's a line. It's just like Frozen. There was something, uh, oh, yeah. some, some reference to to Ella or whatever. No, Ella. it was, it was, I, I remember this, the scene. It was with Casey Neistat and when his girlfriend gets put into the chamber uh, thing. Yeah, the chamber thing. And then the, like the, the creepy dude who's trying to pitch the drug was like, just like Frozen or something. Yeah, yeah. That. that was, that was cheesy as fuck. Come on. How exciting, my friends. You're about to witness a very rare power. Thermal regulation. Yeah. Just like frozen. 
that that was a weird thing too where it took me out of it seeing casey neistat with his whatever girl yeah and he had like one line in the whole movie (laughs) (laughs) it was a very strange occurrence tell me if you guys agree with this the way that the script writing is done do you think it would have benefited the plot line of simplifying this movie to kind of a taken scenario where they stop focusing so much on Jamie Foxx's relationship with this street girl, Joseph Gordon-Levitt trying to bust drugs. Be the road cop, yeah. Yeah, Jamie Foxx trying to reunite with his daughter and just into almost like a revenge tale of Jamie Foxx who plays art and his daughter just focus on that. Well, I think that's kind of what really propelled the movie towards the end because the the whole pill thing was so un compelling and undeveloped that I, I I lost a lot of interest in it and the movie felt like a cross between Limitless and Taken which is funny you reminded me that by mentioning Taken but I, I felt it was kind of lame with the the Jamie Foxx stuff like I have to find my daughter and yeah. you're just like you don't get it and I I I just find found myself not caring about either well even, even when he does find his daughter it's the most anticlimactic reuniting scene ever yeah. It's like a rack focus to her. He's like, honey. And they just like hug for a minute. And then it's like, what? Back like how long, how long has, I, I need details. How long was she gone? Art, I gotta go. <laughs> you okay? Let's get you out of here. We, we kind of get told why she was taken. She was like the source of the power or whatever. But like, what was happening to her? Is she is she like totally scarred from being like had medical like she seemed fine lab stuff done to her? She was like totally cool after. I mean, she was a little bit like happy to get rid of the the wristband for her medical bracelet. <laughs> which also, why would they give her a wristband for having a medical bracelet if it's some sort of like sketchy patient thing? <laughs> She's the only patient. Like, <laughs> that's doesn't true. Make any sense. We right. gotta keep track of a lot of these people. Like this yeah. one person, so let's give her a wristband. But to your point, there's way too many subplots. There's the pill gives you these powers. It's a girl who she's doing bad things for a good reason, right? She's trying to take care of her mother, but so she's like dealing drugs. Then you got Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's like a rogue cop who's like really passionate about saving New Orleans. And he's going to do whatever he needs to do, including take the pill to save New Orleans. And then you have Jamie Foxx, who is the the Liam Neeson character trying to find his daughter. And it's like all of these stories put together, none of them are given enough time to develop and they don't come together nicely. They don't mix well. It's like yeah. when you mix a bunch of colors together and then you get brown. Like it's just like <laughs> not it's just like oh, what happened yeah. here, you know? AKA yeah. Project Poop. Project, <laughs> Project Poop. Poop. I think one of the most glaring points of what Kurt's saying uh, is highlighted when Art, played by Jamie Foxx, is together with the main African-American girl in this movie, Robin, played by Dominique Fishback. (laughs) He, like, kidnaps her and tells her, tell me where these drugs are coming from, essentially, to find the higher person. And then after threatening to kill her mother, mother. yeah, they're just, like, best friends after that, and she, like, loves him. You don't know? But you keep messing around with me and acting like you don't know shit. I'm gonna knock your ass out and I'm gonna go kill your mother. And kill Irene. 
Yeah, she like cries the next. It's literally the next day, I think, and like they're leaving. They're doing the classic um, Fast and the Furious departing out in each of their cars scene at the end of the movie, and she like cries a tear because she doesn't. She misses him. I thought her acting for the most part was pretty natural too, but just like the force fed relationships that we're supposed to believe in the intertwining stories of all this was just not, I feel like it should have been like a series. Like at that point you could have flushed it out a lot better. Yeah. I th- I think they were all rather two dimensional, but I do think uh, that girl uh, Robin played by Dominic Fishback. I think she was a good, more interesting glue that held Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, and Jamie Foxx together. I think without her, this would be an even more anemic story. I, I thought she was she had a good flavor to her, and mm-hmm. she she had more interesting things to do and say than God. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is just every cop in every yeah. movie, yeah, and he never deviates from that. Yeah, it was it was like his Looper character just moved into a new movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. Although that, that hurts because I think Looper has a lot more meat on the bones than that. Yeah, uh, but I, I I totally get it. So they're they're most of their cool stuff comes from physical stunts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, that visual aspect of the movie is really I I think it gets an A plus rating in my book in yeah. terms of yeah visually one hundred percent visually this is a stunning movie. It put is, it on the biggest TV you have in your house. You know, put the music up real loud because it's just yeah, it's a good soundtrack too. Yeah, um, soundtrack is yeah. great. I was, the I sound was, effects are intense. It's good. yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a really well edited movie. It seems it seems like Netflix just gave a shit ton of money to a bunch of film producers and they just kind of drummed up whatever half-baked script they could find and was like, "Let's just give this thing a ton of money." Yeah. <laughs> it's only about uh 12 minutes in where we see Jamie Foxx AKA art. We should let's try to use their names from sure. now on. I, um, you know what, Sam, I will try to use their names, but I could hardly follow the story to get their <laughs> names. You ever okay. have a movie where you're like an hour in, you go, I don't even know that guy's name. Like, yeah. like yeah. he's, well, uh, you know, like, where you can really see that is the villains in this story. The villains are oh, the most, yeah. Oh my God. If you think the, the protagonists are underdeveloped, the villains, I don't, I don't understand their motivations. Who was the final villain lady? Like the lady in, in the suit. We have no end, idea. Who was, was never explained. Mad. She was like, she always had like a henchman following her. And like, if something went wrong, she'd be like, ah, can you take care of this please? And it was just <laughs> like, it was like, well, who are you? And they're all like, yeah. yes, ma'am, we'll do that right away. And it, it was like, who, they never explained who she was. Give me Wallace. Is the major secure? Got eyes on him right now. Get to ops. Find out why this alarm is going off. On it. They're all for forgettable dopey Bond villains. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. they, they got a bunch of henchmen following them, yeah. and then they make really weird errors, and they fuck up. And She's like the head of the secret society, right? Who are, I don't know, the secret group that makes the drugs? Yeah, I guess. Is that that's the yeah. point? She's like, the, she's like a doctor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. What I got out of it is that she's the genesis behind this pill. Yeah. She's the scientist. She's doctor the scientist. Who invented it. Yep. She wants to make it like naturally occurring, which is why I guess they steal Art's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because because you know how and I, I don't know if you guys caught this. Uh, he the gist of this story is that Art was experimented on while he was in like the CIA or something. Like he was given a lot of radiation. I missed that. Oh, you guys, yeah. Okay, it was it was very quick. So they like radiated him and his other squad mates and like experimented on him. 
And that's why they took his daughter, because she had, I guess, some sort of gene mutation or something that made this pill possible to manufacture. That's basically what I got out of it. And that's why they they're they're holding her. All right. Well, you summed it up better than the movie did, AJ. <laughs> yeah, it's it's odd how how much they glanced over it, and I I don't understand exactly why, but it really made everything feel very hollow. That we, I just, it's not clear why this pill's made. It's not clear what it's accomplishing. It's incredibly temperamental. It, like, it's really it, causing all it does is cause oh, yeah. chaos. Yeah, I, so right, and that doesn't seem particularly of value. I get it that they're like testing it on the population of New Orleans, but. I, I feel like a pill that has a 25% chance of making you explode doesn't have a lot of value. <laughs> I don't think I'd be taking that pill. I don't, I'd be kind of tempted. Like what uh, if you guys took it and let's just say you didn't explode from taking it. What do you think your power would be? Because that's how what, this happens. The person takes the pill and it kind of reflects their personality traits. I thought it seemed to imply that it's so or it kind of it was different in everyone. And yeah. I... Yeah, that wasn't fully explained. But also based off of animals, like different abilities that animals have as the base. Oh, yeah, that's right. The, the pill is ba- <laughs> I thought that was pretty fucking cheesy. Um, <laughs> that seemed like a Godzilla movie of like, we took all of the greatest attributes of all the animals in the world and yeah. we put them into this pill. And then the pill, when you take it, it rolls a die and you get something like that. You know, you could see that where there was that one henchman who grew out um, like el- bones. elbow bones things. Yeah. yeah. Or the and one it- that turned his stretch Armstrong. Oh, yeah. yeah, Joseph yeah. Lord, uh, or Gordon Levitt like managed to fight off for like a really long time. It was like that dude should be able to just strangle you like an anaconda. Yeah, like, I, I did. Like, I how did. are you possibly? Yeah, you I, in your Saints jersey, <laughs> keeping up right. with him. Yeah, I thought that was the dumbest thing. Is he kept that Saints jersey on the whole freaking movie? <laughs> like, you gotta we, know you're in New Orleans. We get it. You're from. Wait, yeah, first of all, that's a Brooklyn accent, but <laughs> you gotta I know you're New Orleans. Orleans. close to New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans. That yeah, that's better. But yeah, it's. I I didn't buy that fight scene at all. I thought Frank should have died basically instantly. <laughs> well, okay. I, I that's what I want to talk about though in terms of the visual effects. I thought the scenes uh, where we see the visual effects top out uh, are, are just awesome. Like in, in twelve minutes in, we see Art chasing after Machine Gun Kelly for you know whatever reason him being in this movie, and Machine Gun Kelly is um, wait who is Machine Gun Kelly? Uh, not not the actual person. Who is the character in the movie? He's just like a drug dealer, basically. That he turns into fire. Oh, wait, he was the guy in the apartment complex? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And he's taken these... He's, like, addicted to the pills, basically. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, he's running away from Art because Art thinks he's got information to get him to the evil doctor lady. Right. And uh, you see Machine Gun Kelly take his pill, and he just, like, bursts into flames, and he's, like... It's really cool because I watched behind-the-scenes making of it, too, and they put, like, little LED light packets on him... And all the CG elements plus the realistic elements look really dope in that scene. It was sick. I thought that, yeah, that scene of the movie was actually probably one of the cooler ones. Uh, he's basically fighting a human torch, and it looked cool as hell. You didn't like the scene of our boy Joseph getting shot, though? Oh, getting shot in the side of the head? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I, I thought that scene was cool of him like duking it out with that guy. Uh, I thought like it was the realism of the shot hitting his face and we're staying on that the whole time yeah, was so yeah. cool. It did look really cool. Yeah, the scenes were awesome. Actually, my favorite visually enticing scene was actually when Casey Neistat's girlfriend was in the chamber and they turned off the heater. And so she's oh, got like literally the worst ability ever. She gets so cold that if she, if it doesn't, if she's not in a chamber that goes up to like a hundred degrees, she like dies and like turns to first. But what they did was what I noticed, which was sick though, was like um, art was like fighting off like 30 dudes with a shotgun and they kept the camera in like the little chamber with her as she's like, turning into ice and it's like panning like doing this whole 360 degree in the chamber looking through the glass and you see art just bah, 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 just blowing people's heads off and it's all kind of foggy little out of focus a little icy it was that was like crazy to me i was like how did they do this this is wild Oh, no, I agree. Actually, when I when I was thinking of how much I enjoyed the cinematography, that was the scene that stuck out the most is that the the fighting was the background of this chamber that, that she was walking through. And it mm-hmm. just really it, it was a very unique shot that I have never seen uh, replicated anywhere. To answer the question I posed earlier, what do you think your powers would be if you took the pill oh. and didn't die? Oh. I don't know. I, my instinct is to say I'd fly, <laughs> yeah. but I don't see a downside in that. Maybe I fly too high. Maybe I'm like Icarus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I would probably get like, you know how like when you pick up a frog or a toad, like it shits in your hand. <laughs> I would just be just shitting all over the place. That would be, your like, would be my defense mechanism. <laughs> it would be terrible. <laughs> but I tell you what, if you don't, you don't want to mess with me. If I'm shitting no, all over the place. I, I would not be anywhere near you if you were just shitting yeah. everywhere. I feel like mine would be something lame where I could just like see you really far or something. Nah, you know what you'd be you'd be really sticky. Everything you <laughs> <What>? would touch <laughs> everything Moist. you would touch would just be really you you would stick why to everything. Would, why would it be sticky? <laughs> just like your skin would stick to everything. You'd be like Spider Man on steroids. Yeah. I mean, does that mean I could like climb? No. <laughs> no, not like tacky, like sticky, like something's like wet, like you spilled a diet coke in your <laughs> you're just perpetually wet <laughs> what an awful power <laughs> like, I they call me diet coke man you constantly feel like you just got out of a pool <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um okay well i guess i win for best superpower yeah you do mm-hmm. i'll say my favorite scene in this whole movie hands down was the ending although you know the reunited father daughter thing was kind of lame the whole revenge plot where art unleashes his uh previously foreshadowed power of being like a it's like a shrimp or something that he says his power yeah so he like they say that that one certain type of shrimp can punch so fast that it heats up the water around the punch like eight thousand degrees or whatever yeah and the like climax of the music at that point where art is unleashing his power and you see the water droplets vaporizing and this cool like liquid effect coming from him was so dope it gave me goosebumps everywhere dude this isn't a negotiation no it's something else
that was pretty dope power. Except for the problem with that power is he dies after the power. <laughs> well, I, I think he just pushed it to an extreme. That's what oh. I got. That's what I got too. Is that he just pushed himself too hard, taking out everyone. It was a really, uh, really cool scene to watch. Those are the kinds of scenes where it's hard to make it believable to a point where it looks realistic. But I think the style of this movie lends itself to you being able to believe it a little more because everything's so stylized. It's it's more believable to see you know a person on fire, a person getting shot in the face with a bullet, and then this crazy energy wave coming out from a guy um you know they made it easier on themselves with that regard with it being so stylized right i, I mean it, everything looks so crisp that it, it did not look cheesy or over overdone it looked very natural i would agree the only the thing that was just there's so many like cheap shots of like they were they got stuck in a hole in writing i was like okay well how are we gonna get robin over to this other spot to help him out um uh, well, she's got a Ducati and she's 15 years old. How about she just drives the Ducati through the streets and get it's like, wait, wait what? this 15 year old is all of a sudden the one saving the day. They took the trope that is so common in movies of like the little girl that everyone's like, you stay here. Like, we don't need your help here. You're going to be in the way. You stay here. Don't do anything. And then they don't listen to the person and then they end up saving the day. And it's like they just kept that's what her character was constant. No, 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 you can't do this. And then come save the day. Like in like ridiculous, like you're not, you're a 15 year old kid. Like you're not doing what she does in the movie. No, that's exactly what she was. And she finds uh, Art's daughter in the end. And she, you know, guides Frank through the the halls of the of the boat. Um, yeah. So she's the, the essential support character that all the that both uh, Frank and uh, Art underestimated. You know what I just forgot about that I remember now as I'm scrolling through the movie on my computer is another kind of weird element slash subplot to this movie where Robin is rapping in front of her classroom about how she feels about school. I I loved that scene. Yeah, that was cool. Now, what's the difference between a student and a teacher? While one of them is growing up, the other is getting weaker. Is the criteria for you to be a creeper? Stalk on the halls of squeaky little shoes, get you some sneakers. <laughs> get new kicks, get a clue, get a hint, get a friend, get a life, get a wife, get a mint, and your teeth been looking yellow, get an off-white tint. Never on a roll, but I'm on a roll like Lint, yeah. <laughs> I see I'm digging at your pride. You thought that you could hide, that the system is a lie, wasn't built for me to thrive. It don't love nobody like me. Diplomas won't determine who I am or who I might be. I think it was dope as well, but kind of just a weirdly placed thing in there yeah i think the whole rapping angle with her it's really cool it just seems like uh unnecessary yeah unnecessary it seems (laughs) totally it seems a little cheesy you know like almost as if a if you gave a 16 year old the power to write their own script it, it it just doesn't have a lot of meaning it looks cool and it sounds cool it just doesn't it doesn't add anything really to this whole thing yeah, it's like a little like Dead Poet Society kind of vibe yeah. you want to squeeze in there. <laughs> yeah, like, what I liked it. about that scene though was like, I mean, you everyone when they're like a kid like had these like fantasies of like, oh, I could do this or like like everyone like tries to like become like I'm gonna be in a band and then you like picture yourself in a band and like rocking out in front of class, but in reality it's like that's not gonna happen. That's never gonna happen. And that scene was cool because it was like it shows her doing what she thinks she can do and knows she can do or whatever. 
And like everyone's, oh, you did it, Robin. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, snapped into reality of her just sitting there frozen, not actually doing that. It's all just like this fantasy in the back of her head. I thought that was this, it was a really creative way of showing that she's uh, a teen with a lot of dreams and is just still stuck in her shell and like nervous and awkward and growing up like that. I thought that was a great way of showing that. Yeah, I think that's partly why I liked her the best. I thought she was the most interesting. And even though her story doesn't that neatly fit into everything that's going on, um, it it kind of feels like it's its own, um, you know, showtime drama. Now that I recall all my feelings of that scene, I wish maybe other than going the route of taking extreme visual effects, it would have been a really nice indie type feeling movie and like almost a good feel type movie have we focused on jamie fox's character and robin i don't know coming together more and focusing like no superpowers existing and just the whole rap thing and wanting to become better and like be someone who matters and jamie fox somehow coming into her life and supporting her something with that regard yeah so it sounds like you're you you would be interested in seeing more of a realism yeah, a realist uh, movie of you know her, him as a father kind of figure. Because I bought into them way more. Like their chemistry seems so good compared to yeah. Art's I, daughter. It was just it, so like. Or, wait, Art. Oh, oh, I see. I see. I thought you were going to talk about uh, uh, Frank, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I I think this is one of the weakest performances I've ever seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> really? I, I just yeah. I feel bad. It just wasn't believable. Yeah, I, I I love him as an actor and i've enjoyed pretty much everything i've ever watched him in and here he was i think it was just his script but it was he had some cool stuff to do and he was very mobile but it, it wasn't it wasn't a it was a not something to write home about i've always wondered this how movies that shook off so many other boxes of great filmmaking cinematography editing sound design visual effects all that how they can come up so short in the story and you know i don't know if it's a thing where they're in the writer's room and they're just like up against a time deadline we're like okay we only have till here to write a script and do whatever changes to it and uh take it from there or what i think scheduling and time crunching could definitely be a factor i've always thought and i think you could see this with a lot of other movies is a lot of things just don't come together as intended in post-production it takes a lot of work to put a movie together and even though you have a lot of good elements you still need to coherently put them together and and you can't really see that how how a project's going to turn out until you get to the end you know because you might have the best idea in the world and and a lot of money but if it if something goes wrong you know and and you're like you see the final cut and you're like, oh man, I, I, I wish we should have done this. And it's too late. We already spent all these millions of dollars. We got to put it out. Netflix is calling. We need, we need this on right now. So let me ask you something. You think this is really over? For me, it is. It's time to jet. You remember what I said? There's something great inside you, Robin. Use it. It's also an issue of overcomplicating it, right? They have all these, like, 
you got to let some things drop when you're writing a script or whatever. It's like, yeah, and they're going to all have these powers. And, oh, well, what are the powers based off? Oh, the powers are based off animals. Oh, and then we take the stem cells from these people. Oh, okay. And But then it's drugs. We're dealing drugs. And, oh, okay. And then one lady – and the, his daughter gets stolen from her. Oh, yeah. But then the cops are working with this organization. It's a secret government cover-up thing. And, oh, yeah – yeah, and oh, and she wants to be a rapper. And it's just like you just add in all these layers. And it's like there's a point where it's like you just keep it simple. And people like simple, good stories when you start to muddy the water with just way too much plot. It's just it's exhausting. And you try to pack that into 90 minutes. It's like good well, luck. And this was this was a two-hour movie too. And oh and yeah, they, yeah. And they still couldn't, you know, because of all those layers that you're just talking about, they none of those layers were developed well enough to to make them feel substantial and they i that's why i think most of the movie came off as feeling a little hollow this would have been a great series if netflix would have taken this and gone like let's make a season one of of um, project power and like it could have been a cool series because you can go deeper into those relationships you can go in those stories it, and, and then also have that like sci-fi aspect of the whole like how does this pill actually work that limitless thing um i think they they really went strong on the limitless thing at the start but it costs money to do the limitless thing right to see somebody transforming is probably really expensive to go okay now this person's turning into stretch armstrong or this person's turning invisible it's cgi is that's a lot of money and they kind of got to the point where they're like "Ooh, let's like kind of tone down the limitless bill thing here we're, <laughs> we're running out of money <laughs> real quick <laughs> jamie fox ate all our money so we gotta tone it down yeah. can i tell a little story about jamie fox sure uh, there's not really a great way of uh segueing into this but i've met him twice once virtually and once in person he's a very fascinating individual I will tell you that all that Clint Eastwood stuff was probably because of him. He's a rancher. Like he's got a ranch in California where he's like got horses and like all this stuff and cattle. And like, he's very into Western, like the whole Western culture and cowboy culture. It was weird how often they talked about Clint Eastwood in this movie. But um, the first time I ever met Jamie Foxx and this, this is a, this is to show you how cool he is and how, uncool i am so all of the bad things i've said about this movie jamie if you're listening you're the you're way cooler than i could ever be so i i i'm fortunate enough to work in a job where i get to work with a lot of um, celebrities pretty often and he was doing a rehearsal for an event we we're working at and after his rehearsal I, I decided hey i'm gonna go sit in on this thing and just watch it and after the first rehearsal, he gets done and he, he wanted to come say hi to everyone because he was a genuinely nice guy. And so he came down to our group and started shaking everybody's hands. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? He comes up to me. I go in for a handshake. He brings out the fist for the fist bump. <laughs> I switch to the fist bump. He switches to the kind of canted kind of grab each other's palms with your thumbs wrapped around each other almost the hug the, the dude hug thing uh-huh. i see him switch over i go back to the handshake and then he <laughs> switches to the fist bump it was like this all happened like boom just and uh, my fingers ended up colliding into his knuckles <laughs> and it was the worst handshake 
I have ever been a part of in my life. We kind of slapped each other's hands back and forth. And then he walked <laughs> one person down to greet the next person for me. He stops mid greeting them and goes, no, we got to do that again. And he comes <laughs> back to me to redo. We ended up doing like the bro high five, kind of wrap each other's like the palms and kind of. Oh, hug yeah, thing. cool. And, uh, and then all of my coworkers uh, after he left went, you just did the whitest thing you possibly could do to Jamie Foxx. <laughs> screw up a handshake. <laughs> but he was a good dude about it. So, um I love it. I get stuff. pretty bo- positive vibes off of him. Like, I feel yeah. like he's a pretty positive dude yeah. in real life. Yeah, he mm-hmm. seems chill. He seems chill. He's very family oriented, too. Based on my conversations with him, he's he's very much about like family first, like, as and not just like, like immediately family, like cousins, aunts, uncles, like everyone. It's all one tribe. So he's a, he's a cool guy. Well, we love you, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> do. This movie got a uh, 6.0 star rating on IMDb, and it got a 60% tomato meter and a a surprising 40% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. But I want to know from the two of you, out of 10 Flaming Machine Gun Kellys, how many Flaming Machine Gun Kellys would you give it, and uh, would you recommend other people watch it? I'd give it a... I think I'd rate this at about a a 7.5 uh, machine gun Kelly's on fire. Um, just because as we talked about visually, it's, it's a cool movie. It just lacks all the other essential elements that would have made it a really good film. And I, and I think I would recommend it if you have nothing else better to watch and you're, you're looking for a good visual show. That's this. Yeah, exactly. If you're uh, half a bottle down on some winking owl wine <laughs> and it's raining out and there's nothing else going on, give it a watch. I think you'll you'll enjoy the visuals. Turn off all the lights, you know, make it a, make an experience, make an evening out of it. Um, but if you're looking for a solid film, I, I would I would say I would say I'm going to go with the, the masses here and say six six point uh, is probably where I'm yeah. putting it. Yeah. Duly noted. I probably would give it like a 6.55 repeating uh, flame, <laughs> flaming machine gun Kelly's as the same reasons of you, as you guys. I think if we had focused more on art and Robin's relationship or gone just the even more extreme route and just focus on pure revenge, I could have bitten into this a little more. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if you have <laughs> nothing better to do for your day or want something cool on in the background while you're doing work around the house, I think this is your movie. So Kurt, thanks so much for joining us today on the Video Lab podcast. Uh, do you want to call out anything or give any shout outs to anything? No, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I, l- I love what you're doing here. I love movies. I think, uh, especially now with uh, everything going on in the world and not being able to go to theaters, which is such a community type of thing, where you you know you get done with the movie, you get to chat about it. Um, with that kind of not in our lives right now, this is such a great way of. Uh, you know, enjoying the goods and the bads of the the film. So I'm hope glad I got to enjoy it with you guys. I, I don't think I would have watched the movie without you guys recommending it. And I'm glad I did. It's now part of my life forever. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, that was well. Part well of my life said. forever. But, uh, and I'm hope, hopefully a lot of viewers or listeners can uh, feel a little bit of that normalcy of chatting with their friends about uh, some movies. So thanks for having me. That was fun. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Video Lab podcast. AJ, what movie are we going to be enjoying next? 
We will be watching the Russian film Sputnik, uh, a horror film just in time for Halloween this year. Mmm, sounds intriguing. Spooky! You can find my review for this movie and other movies at my blog, asajthinks.com. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. Until next time, see ya! Peace! Uh, AJ, what movie will be enjoying? AJ, what movie will be? Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus, I thought you were a professional. <laughs> well, you see what's wrong with this is I'm not drinking uh, Winking Owl wine. Yeah, that would help. That would help.